0: Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott and I'm your host. I'm an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. And I am so excited you're here. We're talking to Santa. Can you believe it? You guys, I've talked to professional athletes. I've talked to Olympians. I've talked to people who are really big deals. We are all really big deals. And this, this one, this is Santa. So Santa Maybe you're like, why is she so excited about Santa? Santa, for me, Santa isn't about children. Santa isn't about adults. Santa, eh, I don't even really know if in my mind Santa is about Christmas. Santa is magic and magic is everything. And Santa is love and love is all and all is love. I love Santa. And when I saw that my friend Patty Lennon had a podcast episode on her her podcast, The Space for Magic, I can't remember the full title, but Santa was in it. And then I read the show notes and I listened to it and I loved every second of it because, because it was amazing. And Santa, Jim Manning, is her brother. Can you believe it? she's Santa's brother. So I reached out to Patty and I I mean, she's Santa's sister. Sorry about that. Uh, So I reached out to Patty and I was like, I adored your episode. Do you think your brother would come on my show? And this is, this is the result. I loved this conversation. I love this guy. I love Patty. I am just so grateful for this whole experience. I hope you feel the joy and the sparkle and the energy in this whole exchange. I hope it brings magic and love to your world. And as I said, for me, Santa is magic and love. And this episode is totally suitable for all audiences. However, if you have young kids around, you may want to put your earbuds in. So Santa, AKA Jim Manning, or Jim Manning, AKA Santa. And I had this amazing conversation. We both have ADHD. We talked about that a little bit. We talked about Santa, what it means to be Santa, what it feels like to be Santa. We talked about his human design. We just played and had an absolute blast. And when you hear Jim's ho, 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 You are so going to want to sign up for a virtual Santa visit with him. And you can do that at Santa ASAP. And did I mention that Jim is the professional Santa for the city of Boston? I know I'm jumping all over the place. Keep up. We're good. Okay. Still jumping around. On the topic of joy and magic, Tina Olson and I just made a brand new course called Sparking Joy. And it's a 13-day journey to reconnect with your joy because joy is your natural state. Joy is your soulmate. And maybe you've lost your joy a little bit. Maybe it's feeling a little dulled. Maybe you're not feeling your full sparkle and your full radiant joy. And maybe you are and you just want to make space for more. Either way, this course is for you and there's an option for you to sign up and gift A version of the course to a friend. And you can go to kelseyabbott.com slash sparking dash joy to get that. All right, let's get into this episode. Let's radiate joy. Let's play. Let's laugh. Let's remember who we are and let's make some magic. I love you. Go forth and be awesome. Jim thank you so much for doing this my pleasure so let's start out with I want to know your path to becoming Santa Claus so start as early as you need to
1: um it's interesting because there's a few different directions I could say I guess I'll start when I was a child Christmas was so much fun and um, my mom did such a great job decorating the house, you know, making cookies, all the usual festive festivities. And I remember as a child, like anybody else, like, like any other kid, excuse me, I was excited for toys. I was excited for presents, but it was the bigger celebration of everything that was going on that, that got me so pumped up for it. So fast forward i got out of college and i did not know what i wanted to do as a career and you know you get out of college you're 22 23 i looked around and i would see my friends they would have these career tracks which many of them diverge but when you're when you're that young you think to yourself okay that's 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 wow they're really on that path you know, Patty was in corporate banking. She had like, you know, super stable career. My sister, Mary, social worker. It's like, you know, different paths. And then there was Jimmy. I was not diagnosed with ADHD until I was about uh, 35, 36. So I would work jobs and part-time jobs, full-time jobs. And I would get bored maybe after six weeks, maybe after three months, but I would move on because I was like, well, this isn't interesting anymore. Um, So um i did a program called americorps in americorps it was a national service program there was a group of 10 of us and um, where we did service projects all across the southeast part of the united states and that was exciting for me because i was out of the tri-state area i was out of new york i was in a different place sorry if i get a little wordy i do tend to uh you know tell the longer story
0: um
1: and while i was in americorps i had a couple of great experiences we did a program we did a we did a project where we mentored and tutored children. And that was really exciting. We ran a YMCA camp for kids. Anytime I was working with kids, it was a a good fit. And I didn't know anything beyond that. I moved to South Korea to teach English after AmeriCorps. Why? Because I thought it'd be something neat to do. Like I'd always wanted to live in Asia. I don't know why, um, but I felt drawn there. And when I was there, I really floundered as a teacher. I had no official training. I was at this thing called a hagwon, which is a learning institute, and essentially I was there because I, I spoke English. While I spoke English, the children spoke Korean. We couldn't really communicate. I taught myself to twist balloons, and when I was in the classroom one day, I brought them in out of pure desperation. It was a transformative moment for me. It was a transformative moment for the kids because all of a sudden English went from this thing that they were obligated to learn, their parents wanted them to learn too, if I can communicate to Sung Sing Nim, to my teacher, that I want a puppy dog, that I want a flower, then there's there's a bonus. And we started. I started making the balloons in the classroom. The kids had to communicate with each other and help each other find the words. They had to communicate with me in English because I couldn't speak Korean. And with all the challenges that year, one of the great things I got out of it was simply I really liked making kids smile. I really liked connecting with children and I liked entertaining them. Uh, I moved to Boston after returning from overseas. Took a job running an arts program for high school and middle school students. Again, entertaining kids in a capacity. Got laid off at, at around 24 age 24 25 and I want a plane ticket anywhere in the world. I went to Australia to clear my head. I was so frustrated because I just, I knew I, I didn't have this career path that it seemed to me like everybody did. And I realized looking back, no, not everybody did. In fact, most people didn't, but that's what it felt like. I was in the outback. I meet these indigenous children, perfectly modern kids but they had never seen a balloon twisted before. And I started twisting with them and I taught them how to make simple stuff, dog, sword. I didn't know how to make anything that fancy. And it was just, it was one of my best days in Australia. And while I was there, I started thinking about this. I said, you know what, there's nothing else that clicks, but making kids smile, making kids laugh, that's something I'm good at. So I came back, I started my company, Jungle Gym. I had no business starting a a business. I I was the most disorganized, scatterbrained person. But I learned, I remember having the idiot's guide to starting your own small business and like following through and like highlighting and, and being excited about that. The, the business started with dressing up as costume characters. Over the summer, one of my clients said, we need Santa Claus, do you dress as Santa Claus? I said, yes, because at the time, especially when you are a new business, you say yes to everything. It's like an improv class, yes and. Um, I bought my first suit off Craigslist and I got the domain SantaBoston.com back in 2004. And now having a domain like that is so fantastic. But at the time, it was like, oh, I'll spend the $10 to to purchase this. Um, I booked, I'd say, 13 appearances that year. One of my first really fun moments was I was at Logan Airport, and I had a little boy sit on my lap. And I said, "Oh, what would you like for Christmas?" He's like, "You're not the real Sandy Claus." He says this in a thick Irish brogue. I says, "What do you mean?" He says, "The real Sandy Claus is Irish." I said, "Well, when I'm in America, I sound like I'm American, and when I'm in Ireland, I sound like I'm Irish." And since I had family in Ireland, I had just visited that year with my father. I was able to make reference to the sports club that had won, and he goes, "Oh, mummy and daddy, it is the real Sandy Claus." It was so cool. It was just a great, great moment. And I was off to the races. Um, I really got into being Santa Claus. The first suit I had, like I said, was off Craigslist, but eventually I invested in a really high-end suit. I met another Santa Claus, Santa Tom. He's, he's local to Boston. Santa Tom is the premier wig and beard expert because I'm a designer beard Santa. And Santa Tom helped me to look much better. I started attending Santa conventions. I learned about handmade leather belts, motorcycle boots with steel toes. So when the kids step on your feet, you don't get hurt. Um, Anything from eyebrow whitener to using gloves with grippies. Now the gloves I use have little grippies on them because when I read the night before Christmas, it allows me to turn the page because otherwise Santa's like fumbling around and yeah. So, um so that was the journey to becoming santa claus so now i'm the official santa claus for the city of boston's tree lighting and um, i do in a in a non-pandemic year i'll make about 80 appearances and uh now this year is going to be very different because it's going to all be virtual mm.
0: i wanted to talk all things santa claus but first we got some other tributaries to go down Okay. First of all, when did you start twisting balloons what inspired you to twist your first balloon
1: well as somebody else who has adhd i think we're about to have a great moment of connection here kelsey because i was 19 and i had five weeks off between semesters in college and after the first three days i was like ah what am i gonna do so naturally i got a balloon twisting kit I got a learn to juggle book in like the little hacky sacks. I'm trying, there was another thing I was going to try and do. Oh, bubbles. I was learning to make bubbles, which didn't do so well in December in New York. But I was 19 when I started twisting my first balloons. So that's, that's, um, um, and I just always had them with me. Like again, I never, it wasn't until I really got into running my business that I started taking the balloon twisting seriously.
0: Uh, so I just taught myself how to juggle. That's
1: awesome. <laughs>
0: like I, I went off, I retired from social media in May and I woke up one morning early. And the first thing I knew is I need juggling balls. <laughs> so I'm On Amazon, I told you before we started recording, I like don't go on the internet until noon ever. But I was on right away ordering juggling balls. I have taught myself how to juggle. And That's great. I can't believe I didn't do it sooner.
1: Have you heard of juggling?
0: Yes, and swuggling.
1: Oh, I don't know, what, what's that one? Swimming. <gasps> How?
0: Yeah, there's there's a YouTube video of a guy doing it with five balls on his, well, he's really, like he's kicking. Okay. He's kicking on his back and juggling five balls over his head.
1: <gasps> I had nerd of that one, that's amazing. That's yeah.
0: great. Yeah. So, speaking of ADHD. <laughs> Oh, all right. you only got diagnosed like relatively recently. I was diagnosed in college. Well, in first yeah. grade, they kind of said she's not like the others, which I
1: knew. <laughs> Spoiler alert.
0: Yeah. Um, but then I was officially diagnosed in college. What led you to be diagnosed in your
1: 30s? My wife. We started dating when I was 26 and she was 22. And I think it was maybe two years after we got married, I would have been, I'm trying to remember the exact year, but I think it was, I was about 36. And she said, I think you should get tested for ADHD. And I wasn't like against it or for it. I just, it just didn't enter the realm. Um, So, and I remember going for the test and it's really funny, like the way, I don't know how your diagnosis was, or I don't know how, it, you know, granted, I'm 44. So maybe the testing was very different in the 80s and 90s. But I called because you have to go for two different appointments, right? And I call in to make them and it's like a Thursday and the following Tuesday or whatever. So the woman, the, 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 the administrative person, she's, she's like, okay, so I've got you down for Thursday at 2 p.m. And I said, well, what are the chances I show up? She's like, excuse me. I was like, well, if I have ADHD, because I've been reading a lot about it, a classic ADHD symptom is not having the ability to like keep track of like appointments and arriving on time is always a challenge. She's like, sir, are you gonna be there? I was like, I am gonna try. I am absolutely I, I can tell you right now, but like I'm just saying, I'm curious what the odds are of me actually making. It. I did make it to the appointment on time. This poor person had to put up with me. But uh, but I guess there's all these markers with ADHD and Again, with classic ADHD, I'm not going to remember the details, but let's say there's 15 of them, and like if you have seven or more, you have it. I think I had 12 or 13 of the markers, and it was a game changer. It wasn't just the medication, which took a while to get to um, something that worked. It was, it was learning things like meditation, exercise, uh, moving from task to task, 25 minutes on, five minutes off, and when you sometimes when you tell people you have ADHD. They're either A, like, oh, I'm so sorry, or B, well, you're still responsible for your life. And I want to be like, don't feel sorry for me. This is my superpower. There's another, um, oh, oh, gosh. Anyway, there's a gentleman who has the ADHD podcast. I'm gonna blank, but he he talks about it being a superpower.
0: It's totally a superpower. We're amazing. Yes,
1: yes. The Jet Blue, the, the founder of JetBlue has ADHD. I'm pretty
0: and, sure Branson has it.
1: Oh, well, that makes sense. My and I goodness. I
0: think Einstein had it.
1: Which would make perfect sense. Yeah, it um, but it is a superpower. And so, you know, fast forward when I'm Santa Claus and I have like 500 kids in front of me, I'm able to hyper focus on individual children. Or even when that child's sitting on my knee, I can hyper focus as Santa Claus. But I could also keep a half eye on the rest of the kids waiting. Even just in every five or 10 minute, ho, 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 and a wave here and a wave there, that keeps things going. So, um, the biggest thing was just knowing that this wasn't all my fault because you can beat up on, I mean, nobody is better at beating up on themselves than, than people with ADHD, or maybe there is, I don't know, I'm biased, but it's, it wasn't like a lack of responsibility. I'm hundred percent responsible for everything in my life, but knowing that some days I'm going to work 14 hours and not bat an eye and other days, like 20 minutes is like squeezing water from a stone, you know, it's just, and having that knowledge is, is, is empowering.
0: Mm-hmm. um so i'm interested On uh, just a side note personal reasons so i went off medication like i don't know i don't know time i don't know if that's an adhd thing or just me
1: <laughs> well but, i can't remember when i was diagnosed so maybe
0: yeah let's say five years ago 10 years ago something like that and it's i think it's like the the years of meditation finally it all clicked yeah. So I, can, I can be a normal person or on the outside. Yeah. <laughs> I can fake being a normal person for a little bit as long as I'm still moving.
1: The more I exercise, the better I do. And I was, my wife and I were going to Orange Theory October through February, and I was super productive. Um, I still kept up my exercise until about May and then everything just dropped off now i'm rowing we have a rower i row five minutes a day spoiler alert done that for five days now so it's not like this earth shattering amazing thing but i'm intentionally only letting myself row for five or six minutes because i want it to be a routine like i never miss a night of flossing and i'm not somebody who flossed but after thousands of dollars at the dentist um and i have an amazing dentist um I've recognized that the most important thing is for, for the exercise to become a routine, like for me to feel strange not doing it. So,
0: yeah. well, it's, okay. So, speaking of your human design, that's in there that you really? are really for consistency. So, your energy Whoa, is going to, but
1: I'm through. not a consistent person.
0: No. So, this is at first when I heard that the word that was given to me was routine. And I was like, like all day the same every day? Hell no. But what it means is consistency like rowing five minutes a day like flossing every day for me it's my morning routine meditation activation exercises every single day and then that makes our energy flow more freely whereas if you skip it just for us that's not not for optimal flow
1: no it's funny because I can sit down and and spend five hours on emails, even though that's not what I want to do. I'm in the process of writing a book about Santa Claus, but got 150 pages written. But to actually, you know, secure all of it, that's you know, it's been years now. And I really, I would love to, I change my schedule to where I'd love to change it to where it, it is more regimented, where like you don't touch the internet before noon. That's just brilliant. That's just brilliant and like just you know whatever you're doing like exercise creative writing you know juggling like it's yeah I mean like that's uh, so that's interesting that I made for consistency in routine because yeah
0: and you're also you need to move your body every day that's not so, a shot. so for me there's I I was a competitive swimmer and water polo player all through high school and college and yet still it was in college that I was diagnosed with ADHD but they think that they didn't diagnose me earlier because I was essentially wearing myself out with training. So now I'm a triathlete. I train every day. We go into the off season and training gets tiny. And now, or any like recovery week, thank God for juggling. Because otherwise I'm just like, I'm driving my husband crazy. <laughs> and he
1: home and... oh, that's great. Kelsey, I'm going to say you're officially a sister from another mister, my friend.
0: Oh, I love it. <laughs> So another piece in your chart that I think, I think is the heart of your ADHD is you've got the gift of finding your flow and your flow is not like anyone else's. There are all these books and all these experts out there who say there is a specific time to go to bed and eat and wake up and all of that stuff. None of that is for you, your body has its own timing and its own flow. And you... Of course I'm
1: taking notes because yeah. if okay. I don't take You're notes, it's, it's... I know. I know. Wait, so my body has its own timing and its own flow, okay.
0: Mm-hmm. And so that your very own flow just looks different than what's quote unquote normal.
1: Okay. How do I figure that out?
0: Oh, you just let yourself bounce around like you do. That's your natural flow.
1: Uh, I don't know if it's the podcast or one of the books, but the quote I love about ADHD is, because I worked with a great ADHD coach for a couple of years. And um, the one thing I came back to is like, some days I can do well with moving from thing to thing. And then other days I just need to go where my ADHD takes me. You know, like the prioritizing, prioritization, big words scare me here. Uh, That's, I I was like, prioritizing, prioritization. If something's like a two on the priority scale and the 10 needs to be done, sometimes I've got to get the two and the four before the 10 can happen. And if I try to jump in on that 10, forget about it. But if I start with the two or the four, not every day, sometimes I can dig right into the 10 and there you go. So um, let yourself bounce around. I like that.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's what ADHD is. Like we're bouncy and we, our flow just looks different than other people's. It's very bouncy and oftentimes faster than other people's.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: You don't like that.
1: <laughs> no, it's hard. It's hard. And people don't always relate.
0: Mm-mm. But what you were saying about kids. And how it helps you as Santa reminds me of when I was in college, I taught some lessons. So I was on the swim team and we taught some lessons to the kids of the faculty staff and et cetera. And there was this one boy, Jack, who I think it was my freshman year. They gave me Jack and kind of gave me a side, side eye. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that means. Jack and I had so much fun. We, reached i got him swimming a full crawl stroke with his face in the water we did jumping we did diving we did some underwater swimming we had an absolute blast at the end i the seniors were like what did you do (laughs) like no one's been able to teach him i'm like oh he's got adhd me too we just like flew we we did like two of this and three of this and just we went with the flow we didn't try and stick with something for a really long time until it got miserable we're just here to play
1: right right. And the play is so important. My buddy's son is about 13 and I've taught him to twist balloons over the years. I don't know that he has ADHD or not, but um, when I hang out with Max, his parents are appreciative because Max likes to go in a lot of different directions and I'm like, this just makes sense. I'm like, okay Max, I, I want to teach you how to make a, I want to teach you how to make a ladybug bracelet. He's like or, we can make dragon scales that I can wear in my back. And I'm like, that is literally what we need to do right now. Because I'm like, that's that's great. Actually coming back to Santa Claus, I'll tell you something. So a lot of the visits I do are like corporate parties or people's homes normally, right? And people are like, you are the best Santa in the world. And I'm like, actually, I think I'm the best facilitator in the world. And that doesn't really make sense to people. But if you listen to what the kids are saying, especially when they're on Santa's knee and like a, in a comfortable spot, I just try and guide them with questions. And, and it goes back to the, do. You, have you ever taken improv improv classes, improvisation? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh. So it'd be fantastic for you. But the biggest thing is yes and. Like when you're on stage with someone, I have a, I have a cookie, yes, and I have a piece of bread. And yes, and and it, it's, you always want to keep the, the scene moving. I've learned to do that as Santa Claus. So it's like, you know, I know about your reindeer, uh, Steve. I'm like, oh yes, Steve is one of my favorite reindeers. I've never heard this reindeer named Steve. And the kids are like the adults are dying laughing, but the, the child is so serious. Like it, it, you the things they say, and 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 again, it, it sounds weird to be like, I'm a great facilitator, but at the end, I'm like, I know how awesome you are. And now it's just important that, that everybody else gets to hear how awesome you are. So yeah. So yeah. I totally get it. Like connecting with your your, your swimming buddy, like that's you're like oh he's the easy one
0: <laughs> exactly he and he was for like 4 years of teaching those he was by far the easiest and the most fun there was also ellie who would come sometimes she'd dress herself and her suit would be on backwards and inside out that was fun
1: <laughs> i uh i've shown up for many many an event wearing wearing the wrong thing i've also before i got diagnosed with adhd i was i would often leave my suitcase at home or I'd pack my suitcase and I would like, I remember one wedding, I didn't bring the pants to my suit. We had to go buy them that like Saturday morning on Long Island. And my wife was so frustrated with me. She's like, how could you forget your pants? And I'm like, how could you remember all your clothes? You know? I'm not the weird one here.
0: No, you're not. You're not. Um okay, so what you just said. I told you your incarnation cross before we recorded. So I need the listeners to hear this, that your incarnation cross, like essentially the theme for your life is about guiding people through stillness. You are in stillness and your stillness creates, your guidance comes from that place of stillness. And with that stillness, you share your light with others. This is you being a facilitator. This is you being Santa. This is kids sitting on your knee this is
1: you. So an incarnation cross is basically the theme of life. Yeah. Okay. All right. And I'm guiding people from stillness and I'm, is it, is it their stillness that's grounding me or is it their stillness? That's Ooh. how would you put it?
0: I, I like that. Okay. I mean, really, the, the fun thing about incarnation crosses is I give you the keywords. And your soul knows, your soul's like, let me interpret this.
1: Well, it makes perfect sense. Do you know who my dearest friends in the world are? I mean, I've got so many amazing friends, but do you know who I'm surrounded by, Kelsey? Engineers. Engineers are all around me. Some of my dearest friends whom I, I love to pieces, as much to their utter horror, how I share that with them. It's these like, these, these fantastic brained individuals who, who can do, you know, Crazy math, you know. One of my dearest friends, he's an electrical engineer, and it's like he can pack a car as if it's like a like a, a Tetris tournament in Russia in 1994. You know what I mean? Like, and then there's me that's just like, let's just shove everything in there. Let's go. You know, I mean. So it's funny that you say that my incarnation cross is is the stillness because there's t- so many times when I'm around my friends, I'm getting a little emotional here, uh, where I'm like, what what are they doing with me as a friend, like? they have their stuff together. And like, then there's Jimmy, who's just way out there. And that I've I've come to recognize that maybe I'm able to bring a little something different to the table for them.
0: Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about your, your Santa gifts, which are also your Jimmy gifts. The big things I saw in your chart are you have the gift of joy. Like There are 64 different gifts that your soul can choose. So like, let me back up and explain humans. Which is
1: really cool to hear. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. So your baby soul gets called to earth school. It gets so excited. And it's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is who we're going to be. Now, these are all the things, all the golden nuggets we're going to need for that. This is our toolkit. And one of the things it chose for you is joy. That's cool. Another thing it chose for you is pure love, childlike wonder and beginner's mind. And by the the way, you're super intuitive.
1: So I don't share this publicly a lot, but, um, and I don't know how much you know about Patty's background, but um, we've lost both our parents. We lost my dad last year, great guy. And you know, great guy, but he had a good death, which is very strange thing to say to people, but you know, he went out on his own terms. Mom passed away about eight years ago. Patty actually doesn't remember telling me this, but about six weeks before my mom died, it was Mother's Day. It was Mother's Day. She sits me down. She says, Jimmy, I've got to tell you something. I am intuitive. I speak to the spirits. I'm like, at the time when she says this, I, I didn't really know what to make of it, but it wasn't a big shock. You know, like it was, it made sense. She's like, and they want you to know that they're going to be speaking to you too. And so that's something I've had um, for a long time. Um, and I don't share it with everybody because, and maybe I should, but the intuitiveness, the intuitivity, it comes across when I'm Santa Claus. Um, I visit this really cool place, Hopkinton drug. It's a drugstore in Hopkinton, which is the start of the Boston Marathon. And I remember that first Christmas after finding out I was intuitive that I had a little boy sit on my lap and his grandparents, like, I could hear them, you know, and they're like, he likes green trains and this little boy was saying nothing you know i was like okay well jack is there anything you like for christmas um he's not saying anything i was like do you like trains jack (gasps) jack do you like green trains bam jack's off to the races we're talking trains we're talking green polar express lots of things going on and the mom's like wow santa you really know children well i'm like "Eh, i got inside help so um that's really that's really that's I, very affirming to hear that from you, Kelsey. So I appreciate hearing that.
0: Also, you're Sam. Santa. Santa knows um, everything.
1: Well, this is it. <laughs> mm. I want to tell a quick story, and this has nothing to do with anything, but it's one of my favorite Santa stories. I was doing a visit for two hours, and it was time for me to leave, and they had me up, like kind of on a up, up a ramp, and I'm I'm ha- walking out as I'm walking down. Um, I overhear two moms with their sons. um, We'll call them, you know, uh, Tim and and Javier, all right? So I race back to the chair because one of the moms had said, okay, now Timmy and Javier, um, we're only staying for a little bit. So they race up the ramp. They're like, Santa Claus. I'm like, Timmy and Javier, it's so good to see you. And the moms are looking at each other and like, what the heck? And so we have a nice little visit. They wander off. One of the moms goes with them, the other mom comes up to me and she says, how did you know their names? I was like, well, I'm Santa Claus. And she's like, okay, but but how did you know their names? I was like, I'm Santa Claus. And that was, <laughs> she just walked off with the look on her face and it was, anyway.
0: That was yeah. probably the best Christmas present that you could ever give that mom.
1: I, I like to think they're still telling that story.
0: I, so what is Santa? mean to you not even like being santa but what does santa claus mean
1: he's a representation he's a representation of of goodness um he is joy joy is a word i use a lot a lot of people think oh i see you know the kids see santa and they think of presents that's part of it but it's also it's the bigger thing of just the magic of christmas the santa embodies everything that is is positive and and is good and it's you can ask someone to receive something, and they bring it to you, and they do this just because they want to share love. They want to uh, give you uh, good memories, and it's so much bigger than you know presents or toys. It, it's really, it's 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 so magical for a child to see this this hero, and there's 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 so much great. There's so much good that Santa Claus can do in the world simply because of embodying that spirit.
0: Wanna well, know a secret?
1: Please do tell.
0: So a lot of people talk about God, the universe, spirit. I add Santa. I believe that if you're talking about creator, for instance, that every December, Creator puts on a Santa suit. The same magical being that's pure love. (laughs) I love it. And pure magic.
1: Here's the thing. A lot of parents ask me how, when their children get to a certain age and start asking, is Santa Claus real? Um, And I didn't come up with this. Somebody else shared it with me. But the best way to explain to your children when they get to a certain age is not so much that Santa isn't real. It is that Santa represents the magic and the joy. And now you're part of that. Now you are Santa Claus. You're Santa Claus for the children that are younger than you and still believe in Santa Claus. You're Santa Claus for other people, uh, you know, whether it's, it's, you know, what you, what joy you can bring or, or as you go on in your life, you get to be part of this like secret club that you now are, are, are Santa Claus. So, and that's always to me the best way to explain it to children.
0: Yeah. And that actually fits really well with what I believe too, because the creator is divine, whatever. It is us, Santa Mm -hmm. is us, Mm -hmm. we're all one, Yeah, we're all Santa.
1: Yeah, I like that.
0: So you bought your first Santa suit off Craigslist. I think you mentioned on your episode with Patty that you bought it in a parking lot.
1: Yes, she had two for sale. And I didn't have the budget to buy both. And now, of course, I wish I had them because, you know, it's like, it's good Santa suit. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: So take us to that parking lot. Parking lot in Boston? Like, where? It was in
1: the suburbs. I want to say it was in Redding or North Redding. And I don't know why I'm remembering that. But that's, you know, call it 25 minutes from Boston uh, when there's no traffic. Mm -hmm. And this woman had these two Santa suits in the trunk. I don't remember why they were selling them or, or what the circumstances were. She was very nice. I paid her cash. It was an exciting moment. I was like, I've got my first Santa suit. Um, I bought my wig and beard at Boston costume. And for years, I just, I threw the wig and beard on and my wife started helping me to, to brush it out. And then I met Santa Tom and he, he helped me to craft it. So now to the point where the yaks hair beard that I wear and yaks hair, not human hair, because I do so many outdoor events that it's, it's much more durable, much like what Santa Claus would have.
0: And yaks are meant to be outside.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, So anyway, uh, yeah, that was, that was a really fun, that was a fun experience.
0: What was it like the moment you put that suit on for the first time?
1: Terrifying. Now, I should mention in college, one of Patty's, uh, post-college, one of Patty's college friends asked me to dress as Santa um, for their nieces. And I remember dressing up as Santa Claus. And if you look, I, have a, I found a picture in the last couple of years. There's no belt. I don't think there's a hat. I mean, it was, you know, vintage 1996. But these two little girls didn't bat an eye. I was Santa Claus. Um, and I visited with them. I brought presents, I heard their wish list. And just that always kind of stayed in the back of my mind. So fast forward, now I'm actually getting paid to do this. This is my job. And that Logan Airport where I met that little Irish boy was the first event. A few things were going through my mind. Number one, somebody's really paying me to do this. Um, Number two, Oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. Like there's such pressure to, to be that Santa Claus, you know, it's, it's always hard when, if you have a child is like, you're not the real Santa Claus or, you know, um, and then there's that you become a celebrity. Um, Kelsey, I'm uh, Jim Manning is not a celebrity, nor would, nor would he claim to be, but when I'm in the suit, I am I am a celebrity. We live in Cambridge, Mass. There's a lot of crosswalks. A lot of times I'm walking to and from events here. And in December, I just walk across crosswalks. I don't want to say I don't look either way. I do. But no one, no one tries to run over Santa. Everybody yields to Santa Claus. Um, December 26, my wife and I were driving back home for Christmas and we were passing cars on the highway. She's driving because on De- on the, you know, after Christmas, takes me about three weeks to recover. And I'm waving to everybody as as we go by. And Sonia looks at me. She's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm waving to them. She's like, why? I'm like, because they want to see Santa Claus. She's like, you're not Santa Claus right now. And it's December 26th. You're just the weirdo on the mass pike who's waving at everybody. And I just didn't even think of it because when I'm in the car, when when I'm walking, I'm Santa Claus. So it's it's very powerful to be that celebrity. Um, but you always have to remember where it comes from cuz being Santa Claus is never about you. It's always about the people you visit with, the children and the adults. Because I meet so many adults who they go from 74 to 4, from 45 to 5 in a heartbeat. And there's some part of their adult, you know, level there they know that I'm, you know, they they're talking to a man in a suit, but the bigger part is just they're visiting with Santa Claus. So, and that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome for me too. Whoa.
0: Like, it sounds like you didn't see this coming at all.
1: So what
0: would you say to your younger self? Like maybe your kid self?
1: Well, that's a good question. I would say you've got a big job ahead of you in your life. It's it's gonna be one of the most important things you do professionally and personally. And just remember that everything that you will go through, everything you'll experience will be leaning up to you being a really good Santa Claus.
0: And what would you tell that version of you Right when you graduated from college and everyone else was following like the paths that they were supposed to and wearing suits and stuff like business suits.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I would say you know that little voice in your gut, which is telling you just to do what feels good travel wherever you want to. um, Let it out like you don't have to suppress that you are not meant for the traditional path that many follow and that's not a judgment that's just simply that's their path. The more you worry, uh, sorry, the less you worry, the more you relax and enjoy, the better off everybody is going to be.
0: So it sounds like that's another way to say follow the joy.
1: Oh, absolutely follow the joy. You know, I, I, for years I was like, I really want to travel, but I've really got to do the responsible thing. When I look back on all the places I visited, the people I've met, the experiences I've had it's it's the, the the defining moments of my life. Um, you know, my wife and I were in Paris when in March, and she'd never been, she always wanted to go and I took her for her birthday. And we were there when when it was shutting down. And I remember on our way back, it was like this, wow, the the world is 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 kind of falling into crisis here. and like but whatever else happens, we went to Paris. like uh, when I look back on 2020, Sure, I'll look back at the pandemic. I'll look back at you know some of the things we've gone through. But I'm most going to look back on on taking a how to make a croissant class with my wife uh, with with sheets of rain and and looking at, you know sitting there sipping wine and looking at the Eiffel tower. I mean the the, the moments I've traveled and the moments I've experienced, you know, and even with Santa Claus, I had a client that used to fly me in by helicopter. That was amazing. Um, I do the tree lighting on the common and I'm out there. The first year they say, uh, go out and say, ho, ho, ho. Well, I get out, there's thousands of people. And Kelsey, I, I've i got a live mic. I don't know what they were thinking. And I said, Boston, are you ready to light the big Christmas tree say, yeah. And everybody goes, yeah. And I'm like, oh. I was just supposed to say "ho ho ho," and I'm like, "That's it, one shot deal." But obviously, they didn't mind because they've had me on since. So, anyway, went in a tangent, but yeah,
0: we're we're here for tangents. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, oh. ho, 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 ho.
0: yes, I was going to ask. <laughs> ho, oh.
1: um, it came from a combination of years of practice watching Santa movies. I attended a couple of Santa schools, but I think my best ho ho ho's have come from studying the craft. Miracle on 34th Street, original movie. That's he's my favorite Santa. Like he is Santa Claus. He embodies the magic, he embodies the joy. He leads this whole cast of of people through the the, these experiences. Um, and it's just it's why does Santa ho ho ho? Like he's he's laughing, he's but he's sharing this, this, this great moment with you. And it's, it's not just ho, ho, ho. It's like, ho, ho, ho. I mean, you're really like, you're, you're, you're digging in with the, with the back of your throat to the embodiment of this really fun season.
0: So good. I'm I'm just going to keep that clip of your ho, ho, ho. (laughs) Should be a
1: ringtone for December, you know,
0: I think it might be or for (laughs) all year round.
1: Okay. That's good.
0: So, what has being Santa taught you?
1: Good question. Just thinking about this for a moment. It's taught me how important it is to embrace the magic and joy of a season like a child does. You you meet a child in December, and not everybody believes in Santa Claus. Every, every, different beliefs, but it's not just Santa Claus. It's maybe you get this excited for uh Earth Day, maybe you get this excited for July 4th or 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 whatever. But there is a there's there's a time where when I'm building up to Santa season, I'm thinking about all the logistics, especially now being virtual. And then there's that moment where this shy four year old sits on your knee and she tells you what she wants for Christmas. And you're like, oh, this is why we do what we do, like all the other stuff leads to these really great moments. I visit families at their best moments and at their worst moments, sometimes somebody they've lost a a loved one that year. it's okay to be positive. It's okay to be joyous even in a time where maybe there's that's lacking. So I've learned that I've I'm grateful to be Santa Claus and I've learned it's be it's important to be grateful for for what you have around you. It's kind of weird. I don't really get a Christmas. That's the interesting thing about Santa Claus, and and I have a very patient, understanding wife. Who I'm at everybody else's party, and I'm the I'm the special guest, but I'm also not. I'm I'm there. It's it's I, I see all these loved ones celebrating with each other, and I I I give that up. But it's a trade off, because when my mom was alive. Um, We couldn't make it home for, I think a Thanksgiving or Christmas. And I felt really badly. And she says, Jimmy, we'll, we'll celebrate Christmas a few days after she's like, it's not the date on the calendar that matters. It's all of us being together. Um, so that, that helps. Santa's taught me that particularly with children. It's so important to listen. Like the more you talk to a child, the less either one of you are getting out of the experience they you know kids say the darnest things no kids say the most awesome things and they say it so innocently and it's fun and it's funny and it's great i don't have kids yet i'm really excited to be a dad and when i do i i hope that i can remember some things i see because a lot of times parents are are very concerned with getting the perfect photo and i get it years ago i did some google research the main reason people were hiring me was santa photos they wanted a good looking santa and a good experience in the mall it's a different experience. Not everybody does well outside of their own homes, but so many parents are so hyper-focused on these, these great photos. And I'm like, you're missing this. Like just, 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 and I always encourage people to hire a professional photographer because a, I've got some great professional photographers in my life. And I know the work they do, how important it is, but B, I'm like, don't put your cell phone away. Like put. The- don't worry about the photo. You're not going to remember the photo, but you will remember those funny and those endearing and those warm moments. So I would say being Santa Claus has taught me to, to really listen to children.
0: Mm. So what is December 25th typically like for you?
1: Ooh, good question. Really good question. Not that you are worried. You're like, what if, what if Santa doesn't like this question? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I really, when I look back on December 25th for the past, I've been playing Santa now. This will be my 17th season, I think. I don't really remember Christmas Day. Um, I remember one year we were at Patty's and I, it was like, we got there in the morning and I remember sitting on the couch at like four o'clock and I didn't, I didn't really remember anything. It wasn't like this, you know, flashback kind of situation you know Santa's sitting there thinking about how many candy canes he's eating or whatever it, it's 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 it was a genuine like I just don't recall it I'm so tired christmas eve is usually my biggest day I'll, I'll generally uh do about 10 visits and I'll I'll go you know all over massachusetts um and, and it's just a fog it's just a pure because you're up on the adrenaline you're up on the high of being this celebrity. You're also tired Um, physically it's, it's a demanding job being Santa Claus. Um, I don't really remember Christmas day, weirdly enough.
0: What do you, well, I'm going to ask you to predict the future, which. Sure. Well, who knows what's going to come out of your mouth. So this <laughs> year you're doing virtual visits. Yeah. How, do you think that's going to be different? Is it going to be less tiring?
1: it's going to be different. Um, I've got some bookings right now. I've got about 25% of the hours I normally book, which is a little bit nerve wracking. I generally make about half my income during Santa season, but I expect this year I expect to fill up I expect to book a lot of these virtual visits because again, coming back to the whole children are concerned that they won't get to tell Santa Claus what they want for Christmas. I think I'm going to be less physically tired and more emotionally drained. Because I already know I'm going to hear some things. Every year I meet a child or a couple of children who've lost a grandparent. In certain cases, they've lost uh, a parent. And they. I've been asked to bring their loved one back from, you know, what would you like for Christmas? Thinking, you know, Lego or, or a doll. Could you just bring mommy back? And that's heart-wrenching for everybody around me. It's on one level, it's heart wrenching. On the other level, it's professional detachment, just like medical professionals need to take a step back. It's my job to be Santa in that moment. It's not my job to be Jimmy Manning, who is like, you're five and you lost your mom, you lost your dad. One year I did a visit and a little girl had lost both her parents in a car wreck. And I didn't know this going in. We still had a nice visit. We talked about them looking over, you know, look watching over her. And so I think this year is going to be less physically draining and more emotionally draining. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. That's okay. I, Santa can handle it. And it's not just me. It's all the Santas that are, that are doing different visits. And I really hope most of them are doing virtual visits because that's what's appropriate for this year. But we're going to hear a lot and it's, it's, we can be that sponge. We can be that source of joy. We can be that distraction. So, I think this year will be very, uh, I think it's going to take me a a good while to come out of it.
0: How are you preparing for that?
1: I guess I'm not. I'm so focused right now on the logistics of getting everything set up, like the, the online calendar, the Zoom, the background, the questionnaires. I've got good people around me helping that I really haven't thought about it. Um, usually I try to take Mondays off during December, but that's not going to happen this year. It's, I'm pretty much off to the races from today until, uh, till Christmas.
0: What do you do in July?
1: So the rest of the year, I'm a professional magician and July is actually one of my busiest months. Um, I perform educational entertainment programs at libraries. I encourage literacy through the use of balloons and magic. So July is a very different month for me because it's almost as busy as Santa season, but it's different. I'm performing as jungle gym. I'm climbing inside of a six-foot balloon, um, naturally. Another thing for uh, when you, yeah, no, it's it's pretty cool. I actually blow up a six-foot balloon with a, with a leaf blower and then put my whole body inside of it, naturally. I mean, how often have you heard that sentence, am I right?
0: That is amazing.
1: So, so yeah, so June, July, and August, um, this year I had about a hundred appearances booked in Canada and six other States. And the, it, it, this year ended up being all virtual shows, which was pretty fun next year. Who the heck knows? So, um, it generally takes me until about the middle to the latter part of January to, to fully recover. So it's just, a am just kind of a zombie. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: One of my favorite questions to ask my guest is is if you had a billboard that everyone can see, which as Santa, obviously you do, (laughs) what would it say?
1: Remember to spread the joy and love that you have in your heart.
0: Mm. Yes. I love that. Jimmy, where can people learn more about you how can they book you as santa how can they book you as jungle gym
1: oh, <laughs> everything That's awesome yeah so um my normal domain is SantaBoston.com. you can click on there and learn more about my virtual visits i'm going to be booking a lot of events that are not in boston so uh it's pretty much identical but SantaASAP.com. asap.com santa as soon as possible but santa asap.com uh, if you go on my website, it's got my different offerings. I've got anything from eight minute visits, um, 15 minute visits. I'm actually pretty excited. I'm going to be offering families the chance to do a Santa Claus visit with, with multiple families, multiple zoom screens. Cause a lot of kids aren't seeing relatives like grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, we can all be on the same zoom. Kids can still speak with Santa. They can hear the night before Christmas. I'm actually even doing a little bit of magic on these visits because I can, um which is really fun. Uh as for um, my jungle gym, you can learn more about me at ilovemylibrary.com. Um uh, that's that's where a lot of the information on my library sites are. So but um yeah, and I'm I'm going to be booking right up until Christmas day and I may even offer some Christmas day visits. So thanks for asking. Yeah.
0: This has been incredible. Thank you so much.
1: My pleasure, Kelsey. This is fun. Oh What? You've made the the nice list. (gasps) I know you were worried. I know when you woke up this morning, you said to yourself, what if I didn't make Santa's nice list? And Kelsey, I can tell you, you did make the nice list. Congratulations.
0: Thank you. (laughs) Before we close out, will you give us one more? Ho, 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 please.
1: Sure. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, everybody. And make sure to be good. Ho, ho, ho.
0: goodness i kind of don't want to say anything but at the same time maybe you want to know all the things and so i'm going to tell you all the things first of all to book jim santa asap then what else if you want to work with me if you want to play with me one-on-one Go book your human design reading at KelseyAbbott.com slash human design. You can also book a partner human design reading there. If you want to play with Tina and me and do a soul magic session, go to KelseyAbbott.com slash soul dash magic. If you don't want to play in person with me, but you want to do some work on yourself on your own, go to go under the play with me tab. Let's just start there. The play with me tab. You can do an inner critic transformation. Guys, that's like 5 minutes of magic for $11.11. Your inner critic, it's that voice inside you that says I'm not good enough, I'm not fast enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not pretty enough. Every single one of us has one, and it doesn't need to stop us. In fact, as we grow into ourselves, it tends to be this big barrier for all of us. And I really want everybody to not be knocking up against that barrier. So this is me sharing a process that I use with my one-on-one clients to bring to the masses so that you can transform your relationship with your inner critic. It's super effective, super powerful. I love it. I want to share it with the world. So that is the inner critic transformation. And then if you're feeling stuck in the muck, check out Unstuck Yourself. That is a series of three soul conversations that will take you through awareness, acceptance, and action to get you out of the muck and cruising on your way to wherever it is you're going. And then there's sparking joy. If you are ready to re-embrace joy, to allow yourself to feel and radiate and share joy. Once again, join Tina and me for this 13 day adventure. It's all at your own pace. We've already recorded it. I promise this will make you laugh because I did day two today and I, we, Tina and me make me smile. So I am sure that we will make you smile as well. I hope we will. I guess I can't make any guarantees, but There's a whole lot of joy in that course, and all that joy is waiting for you. You can get that at KelseyAbbott.com slash sparking dash joy. I love you. I love Santa. I love everything about magic and love and miracles, and that's what you are. Go forth and be awesome.